don't just lead us in worship, but they also worship. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that about them. God has done a, a wonderful work in their lives as well. So our text today is Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. And we'll be reading verses 1 through 5. Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. This is the first child born in the earth, according to the Bible. And then verse 2, she, again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was a worker of the ground. In other words, one was a shepherd, the other was a farmer. Verse 3, in the course of time, um, and just a quick note, the word time is the Hebrew word yom, which is usually translated as day. Uh, in Genesis 1, the first evening and morning was the first day. So that's the Hebrew word yom. And the idea here is in the cycle of the days, toward the conclusion of a cycle of days. And I'm guessing it would be conclusion of the week, the Sabbath day. A pattern set in Genesis 2. So, you're not surprised then, verse 3, when they come to worship. Uh, in verse 3, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel brought the firstborn of his flock. Um, the, the fact that it's of a flock means that it was a lamb firstborn of flock. And so he brings the firstborn of the flock and their fat portions, which means it was a sacrificed lamb. The blood of the lamb. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering but for Cain and his offering, verse 5, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. So here we have the first worship service. The first expression of religion. Abel was a shepherd, so he brought the first of the flock. And there's a little word there. It says, Abel, verse 4, also brought of the first of the flock. So he didn't just bring uh, shed blood and sacrifice. He also brought other sacrifices. But Cain brought vegetables, fruit, whatever came from the ground because he was a farmer. 
So this is why I read earlier in Hebrews 11:4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended or approved as righteous. God himself commending or approving him by accepting his gifts and so Abel through his faith, though he is dead, he still speaks today. So Abel is telling us something here. And I have three points. One, there are only two approaches to God that men take. There's only two really uh, religions in the world, even though um, some say that there's 4,000 religions. One, uh, one man named uh, David Barrick said there's over 9,000 religions. But there's really only two. One is what is the way Abel comes he comes by the blood of the lamb, a sacrifice, and he approaches God. The other is by the work of your hands, Jude 11. Woe to them, for they've gone in the way of Cain. The way of Cain. What is that way? It is to come to God based with the works that you have done, you offer that to God, human merit. The other is to come as Abel did with the blood of the lamb, the sacrificed offering. Those are the only two by which men try to be accepted in the world. I was looking at to see how many Baptists there are in the in the United States, and there's American Baptist, Reform Baptist, Missionary Baptist, Southern Baptist, Regular Baptist. I don't know exactly what a regular Baptist is, but I'm guessing they view us as irregular. <laughs> but there's Fundamental Baptist, Independent Baptist, Free Will Baptist, National Baptist, Primitive Baptist. Boy, there's one that you kind of want to go and join. I want to be a Primitive Baptist. Uh, there's Seventh-day Baptist. And I have no idea what this one is. Two Seed in the Spirit Predestinarian Baptist. I have no clue what that is. <clears throat> In all, I counted over, Wikipedia gives a list of them. There's about 50-some different Baptists. But you take thousands of religions, scores of kinds of Baptists, and who knows how many other kinds of denominations that there are, but the Word of God, like a sword of the Spirit, cuts right down between all of them so that there's really only two Groups, those who come like Abel to God through the blood of the Lamb, those who come like Cain to God through the works of their hands. And that's the only two 
in the earth. And you can take all the names and all the labels and denominations and you can put them in one of those two categories. There's no third way to God. Where did Abel get this faith in shed blood? Well, this is, we're in chapter 4, but you remember in chapter 3 what happened. Uh, Adam and Eve had sinned. And, and so what did they do? They went and got fig leaves and covered themselves with fig leaves. But what is a fig leaf? That's the fruit of the ground. But then what did God do? Genesis 3.21, when the Lord came down and talked to him, he made for Adam and Eve garments of skins and clothed them. He rejected the garments of fig leaves and put on them the garments of a shed blood sacrifice by which they were covered and he accepted that because that was his ordained way well so when it comes time for Cain and Abel to worship in the next chapter at the end of the week uh, then here they come Abel is bringing a sacrificed lamb Cain is bringing a big bouquet of flowers and groceries and a cart. And also, there's an interesting little statement in Luke 11. Luke 11:49 says this. Jesus said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world will be charged against them. From Abel, the blood of Abel, to Zechariah. Abel was the first of the prophets. He's, Jesus includes him in the list of the prophets who shed his blood for his faith. Now, of course, what he means there is Cain, his brother, rose up and killed him. But here, here's the way I imagine this would happen. They're going to worship. Abel has the blood of the lamb. Cain has the fruit of the ground. And Abel looks over at him and says, Cain, what are you doing? You know what God has ordained. You know what he did when mom and dad sinned, it had to have a killed animal and to be, have the skin on them, which means the death of an animal, substitutionary sacrifice. And why are you bringing the fruit of the ground? You know he's not going to accept that. So Abel had this prophetic witness to his brother and I think that's one reason that Cain, as you read the story, he rose up and he killed his brother because he hated that. So Abel was the first to die for his faith. So here's my first point. There's only two religions in the world. 
Only two basic approaches to God. One is the works of your hands. The other is the blood of the Lamb. You can divide all of them up, but they'll fit one of those. The works of the hands are different works for every religion, but it all boils down to works of the hands. How can I know God? How can I be forgiven? Now, the true religion, what we might call the Old and New Testament faith, the Judeo-Christian faith, which is nothing but the gospel of Jesus Christ, is a theme that begins in Genesis and you can trace it all the way through the Bible. This is the theme of Holy Scripture. Here in Genesis... Abel brought the first of the flock, the lamb. In Genesis 8, you have the flood with Noah. And the first thing, Genesis 8, 20, the first thing Noah did when he got off the ark was build an altar and sacrifice an animal. Because there's a beginning of a new creation here. When Abraham in Genesis 12 entered the land, God promised him a land and he brought him down into the land of of what is today Israel. And the first thing Abraham did in Genesis 12, when he entered the land for the first time, he, it's Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. He built an altar, built an altar. When God was going to bring Israel out of Egyptian bondage. In Exodus 12, he sent Moses to constitute them into a nation. And the first thing in Exodus 12 that God did, he said, this is the beginning of months to you. This is when your calendar is to start. And what was it? The Passover lamb. You kill a lamb and you put the blood on the doorpost. You put it on top and you put it on the sides, making the sign of a cross. The blood of the lamb. It is a consistent, substantive theme throughout the Old and New Testaments. The the biblical message may be rejected, but you can't interpret the Bible and say that the Bible teaches different ways to God. It is consistent in Genesis, in Exodus, and in Leviticus, it's nothing but sacrificial system, five main offerings in Leviticus. When you get to the prophets, what are the prophets about? Listen to uh, what Peter says in Acts 10, 43. He says, to him, that is Jesus, all the prophets bear witness, all of them, that everyone who believes in him, the lamb, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. When you get into the New Testament, here comes John the Baptist, the last of the prophets. And what does he say? John 1, 29, he saw Jesus walking toward him and he said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. When you come to the last book in the Bible in the New Testament, book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 6, between the throne and the four living creatures, 
among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as if it had been slain. It looked like it had just died and was raised up. In Revelation 5, 9, they all sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe, every language, every people, every nation. From Genesis to Revelation, and everywhere in between, is a witness to the slain Lamb of God as the basis on which you worship Him. Now some say Christ came to set an example, set a good moral example. Y'all remember the uh, little bracelets, what would Jesus do? He used to wear those all the time. What would Jesus do? Then I realized there's a lot of things Jesus would do, for example... If, you're, if the disciples were in a boat on a stormy sea, he would walk across the water to get to them. I thought, what would Jesus do? I probably would not produce that, reproduce that. And, I, and if I went to, a, I did funerals, if I'd do a funeral, I'd go to the funeral and I see the mother weeping and I see everyone grieving. What would Jesus do? I'm thinking he might raise him from the dead. (laughs) Jesus did not come primarily to be our moral example. He came to be our great substitutionary sacrifice so we would not have to come to God through human merit, but through his grace and forgiveness of the cross. So I've pointed out that there are only two religions in the earth. You can categorize them however you want, but they fall down into one of these two groups. One comes to God by the blood of the lamb and the other by works of the hands. And and the second thing I said is, this is the theme through the Old and New Testaments. This is our faith. This is our foundation on which we build everything. I have a third point. God only accepts us and our worship through the blood of the Lamb. Remember Genesis 4, 5? He had no regard for Cain and his offering. He didn't say he didn't have much regard He had no regard, zip. He didn't say, you know, Cain, I appreciate the effort, I appreciate the intent. He didn't say that. He had no regard for Cain's offering. And that word regard in Hebrew is very interesting. I was looking at it, it, it's the Hebrew word sha'ah. He had no sha'ah for Cain and his offering. This is the same word used in Exodus 5, 9 for the disgust that you feel. He says, have no regard, sha'ah, 
to someone who lies to your face. That's the word used of God's view of Cain's offering. He didn't have, it, it was disgusting. The reason for that is when we try to be accepted to God through our works, then we, we can brag on ourselves as much as we brag on God. Let's boast in ourselves. What'd you do to get to heaven? Oh man, I got a laundry list here of things I did. Well, what'd you do? Oh man, you wouldn't believe what all I did to get here. And where is the glory of God in this? Where's the worship of God in this? Where's the grace of God in this? That produces Pharisees. When we try to be accepted to God through our works, it is as if we do not think Christ and his death was essential. Galatians 2.21, if justification was through the law, Christ died for no purpose. What was the point of Christ's coming? If we could have been saved by good works and by uh, keeping religious scruples, then why did Jesus have to come? So when we say, uh, God, I come to you through human merit, God is saying, you are disrespecting my son. You're counting the cross as nothing, as unnecessary. There was a preacher, he was a good man, uh, as morals go, but he did not believe in the death of Christ for forgiveness of sins. He believed in good works. He preached a social justice message, this preacher did. He said, we need to be polite and courteous, keep the Ten Commandments. And he chose ministry like a profession instead of a, a divine call. He was an educated man one of those Ivy League schools. And late one night, he got a knock on the door and he went to the door and there was this little girl standing there. She's about eight or nine. And he said, how can I help you? And the little girl looked at him and she said, are you a preacher? And he said, yes, I am. And the little girl said, can you help my mother get in? And she, he wasn't sure what she meant. So he looked around um, and he said, what, what do you mean? She said, well, my mother is at home dying and she wants to get into heaven. Can you help her get in? So he got his coat and hat and he followed the little girl and he came to a little apartment in a rundown section of town and then went upstairs to where she lay in bed. 
And as the, he went in, sat down by the woman's bedside, and the woman said, are you a preacher? He said, I am a minister, yes. And she said, can you help me get in? And remember the preacher, he doesn't believe in the gospel of Christ. He doesn't believe in the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He believes in you do good works. So he explained to her, he said, well, we, we must do good things. We, we must try to educate ourselves and we must be cultured and kind. And with a distraught look, the woman said, preacher, all that sounds good, but I am dying. And I have been a wicked woman. And she said, do you have a message for a woman like me? And the preacher was smitten. He remembered that his mother had taught him about Jesus. And he thought... I don't have a message for a woman like this. So he told her what his mother said. He said, well, uh, the Bible teaches that Jesus died on a cross and that his death was a substitute for judgment that I would receive, that he paid the price for me, that he shed his blood and God raised him the third day to prove the, that the forgiveness was real and that the message was true. And then he remembered the thief on the cross. And, and he said, and my mother told me about the thief on the cross. She could, he couldn't go to church. He couldn't tithe. He couldn't get baptized. And yet he got in. And as he spoke of the cross and the blood and the forgiveness of sin and a home in heaven, the woman had tears and reached and grabbed his hand. And with that, she fell asleep. The preacher just sat there. And then he felt this little tug, this little girl that had brought him. And he turned. And the little girl said, Preacher, did my mother get in? And the preacher said, Honey, I think she did. And I did too. I did too. My dear friends, the gospel message is for someone like the preacher and a woman like that. I'm so happy today to be able to tell you this message at varying degrees of worthiness. At any level of failure. If you ask me, can a, can a sinner like me get in? I will tell you, through the blood of the Lamb, you can get in. And I can too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody said, you know, there's 
people who can preach the gospel better than me, but none can preach a better gospel. That's the gospel that I preach to you today. Praise God. Praise God, church. Let's give the Lord a hand. Let's give the Lamb of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We've come in. We've come in through the blood of the Lamb. We follow in the train of Abel who speaks to us. Though he's dead, he's still speaking. Not in the line of Cain. Woe are those who go in the way of Cain. We come like Abel with the blood of the Lamb. Let's bow together for prayer. Ushers, would you come and prepare to receive our worship through giving this morning? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, our hearts are full of gratitude and joy and peace that we have one who bore our sins and paid our debt. It was a mountain. It was an awful load. But Lord Jesus, we thank you, O Lamb of God, we thank you that you paid that debt and bore that load. May your will be done in our lives from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen.